Welcome to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B podcast. I'm Alex from Xgrowth. Each episode, we bring you B2B founders, CMOs, marketing and sales leaders to find out what makes them successful and what was behind their failures, or as we like to call them, hard-learned lessons. If you enjoy the episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and share the pod with a friend you think could get value out of it. And of course, make sure to join the community Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. That's enough from me though. Let's dive right in. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shane Hother with Xgrowth. And today I'm talking to Nick Sheehan, CEO of FX, about the amazing B2B tech company that he's created, his journey. And we're going to be talking about his experience in entrepreneurship, why you shouldn't have a plan B when you're starting something and staying true to your values throughout the entire journey. This is going to be a really exciting conversation and I can't wait to dive in. Nick, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Shane. No, absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I mean, look, the what, what you've done with uh, FX is absolutely amazing. And I think there's there's a lot of lessons to be learned over there. But I one of the things that I want to explore in our chat today is, you know, you, you've, you've built this successful IT services business. But one of the things that you you believe is that you shouldn't have a plan B is when you're when you're going in business or when you're undertaking an initiative. Tell me a little bit about why you think you shouldn't have a plan B. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I mean, the uh, I guess when you when you think about any marketplace, whether it's you know we're obviously in IT services, but you could be selling fruit and veg. I mean, it, it really doesn't it really doesn't matter. But I guess any marketplace today is busy, you know, and and competition has has never been as as frenetic as as what it is now so 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 i guess you know when thinking about starting something i think the most important thing that comes to mind is if i'm in a busy marketplace what what actually makes me different from everyone else that ability to articulate that single point should probably give some rise to that next question that you've just asked, like about having a plan B. So if you can't articulate the why around why you stand out from everyone else, then I, you know, I, I I think I think typically to go back, if you can articulate that really strongly, then you don't need a plan B because because that why around why you're different than everyone else or why people would buy things from you or you know what your value proposition is and why it stands out from the general cohort, you know, I, I think that plays back into the, the plan B conversation. I think, I think if you can clearly articulate why you're better than everyone else and why and why you will be successful, then you don't need a plan B. And you know, I, I think I think I think plan B is just I think you've got to be all in. You know, I, I think back to the comment on, you know, it's a competitive world. It's, you know, people are people are walking over each other out there, you know, and and if you've got a plan B, that that tells me that you know you're not all in. You know you 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 don't truly believe in the reason that you're better, different than everyone else that you're competing against. So I think those two concepts go hand in hand. I think um, people actually having belief, you know, and and I don't mean belief like we spoke a bit offline about you know, that 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 concept of side hustle you know and and, and it's kind of it plays into that plan b it's it, they're the same thing i mean let's actually okay so on that on that point let's go back to what you said right you said 
you said that you have to have a very clear definition of how you stand out and how you're differing from from the rest of the market, right? And I feel like FX has done that in in certain uh, at certain stages where it's different from the average IT business where I, I, average IT business is like, Hey, we're going to target everybody. And we're going to, you know, anyone who comes to us, we're going to, we're going to service that. Tell us a little bit about, or the audience a little bit about how you've managed to do that for, for FX. So I guess back to the point around why are we different? It's about finding a gap, a perceived gap, because sometimes, you know, those gaps come and go, but, but it's about finding a perceived gap working out how much you believe in in that theme and then and then trying to exploit it or, or do a really good job at it. So for us, you know, I've got this belief that, you know, regional Australia is 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 both under-resourced um, and underappreciated when it comes to technology. You know, there's a really big gap between being, you know, today I'm sitting here talking to you from Sydney. You know, last week I was in Gladstone and Mackay in regional Queensland. And there's a huge gap in skill, in education, and and ultimately in technology uptake between an office here in Sydney and a, a you know and an you know an average SME in Sydney and an average SME in in the regions. And and I guess our our value proposition is we want to we want to be that one stop shop. We want to be that trusted advisor for small to medium businesses in relation to providing them all the technology they need to run their businesses more efficiently. And I just, I guess for me, I just kept looking at those markets and, you know, there, there was no clear standout for me. There was no one who had, you know, a, a branch network that people could rely upon. You know, you'd go to those places and there was, you know, there was Bob's IT and Jim's IT and, you know, they, they I'm just being obviously being high level, they, you know, drive around in their caddy vans and, and fix things. But, but you know, I, I guess I felt like there was a gap for, you know, people in 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 regional rural areas to actually, you know, get the same level of service that you could expect potentially, you know, in a metro environment. But you know, wrap that with you know local people, local support. So I mean, that was our that was my gap. That was that was that was our yeah. That was that was the value proposition for us. It was like you know, I just didn't feel like there was enough education or enough uh you know investment both from state and federal government you know there's and there's macro stuff going on regionally you know people are you know leaving leaving school in the regions and they're moving out of the regions and they're and they're studying in you know in, in cities or you know in bigger places and that and, and that creates a vacuum in regions where you know the kids that used to you know go into trades or the kids that used to go and work on their parents farms or the kids that used to, you know, do other other jobs, you know, that we need to find a pathway for those kids to get into technology. Like this is, technology is not the next, you know, uh, you know, Bitcoin or I don't mean Bitcoin in a you know negative way. I just mean it's not a passing fad. You know, this stuff is transformational, here to stay. It's it's whether we like it or we don't like it or or or, or, or we're passive. It's changed our lives. You know, and I guess we found it that there was a gap for us regionally to be able to offer some of that knowledge and that service and support to people regionally, you know, in a way they can digest, use and benefit from. I love that. Uh, I think I think that's like that's like strategy one on one, right, of of understanding 
who are you going after and not deviate from that? And I feel like so many people, so many organization, whether it's at the sales level, whether it's marketing level, whether it's at, at leadership level, forget that. And the big organization becomes the shiny thing, right? Oh, I want to, I want to land, I don't know, NAB as a client. That's what we want to do. That's where we want to get to. And I, I love how you took, have, you've taken this approach to, to expand to regional where people will be like, oh, that's not, some, some people would say, that's not exciting. I want to go after the big fish in the market uh, and, and staying true to it, right? We, we, we've, we've, this, is a, this is another important component that it's hard to stay true to it because you're like, oh, you know, we've grown this much. Maybe now we should start focusing on the enterprise and, and start going after those. How do you hold yourself back from deviating from, from, that, from that core focus of the business? It's a great question. I mean, we look. Don't get me wrong. We we play in the enter- enterprise space too. We 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 have a number of enterprise um, size clients. We deal with them. We love dealing with them. I think um you know what it, you know what it is. It's it it comes back to one of my sort of one of my core values is is relationships. And and I guess we you know we we genuinely want to have relationships with people. I think. I think the problem when you're talking to, you know, we can use NAB as an example, but I really don't, I mean, I don't want to deal with a NAB because we're never going to have a relationship with NAB that runs deeper than a procurement team. You know, we, I I love, I was, I was up, I was, I was in Gladstone last week and I went and saw a few clients, you know, out there love, you know, catch up with local people and, Went and saw um, these folks um, that run a, you know, quite a large sort of smash repairs place in Gladstone and lovely that people. Like a, that sounds like an awesome visit, by the way. Like, it's just love, like, you know, you talk about re- um, real, like, actual people that actually care about the relationship that you have with them and it goes beyond the transaction. And I think that that for us is really, really important. And I, I, I guess, you know, yes, ch- I mean, chasing enterprise business, great, you know, fantastic. But there's two sides of that coin, you know, and, and I've been both the beneficiary and I've been on the, you know, on the wooden spoon end too where you chase those 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 deals, you know. Um, you know, we've been in processes that have lasted 12 months. So, so I guess the question is, what happens if you get that deal? But equally, what happens if you don't get that deal? You know, what is that 12 months of time, if you channel that back into your core business, if you channel that back into, you know, let's go and get 100 SMEs. Let's, let's not get a nap. Let's just get 100 SMEs. Let's spread our risk. Let's deal with 100 businesses with 100 relationships where we're going to get 100 referrals out of those relationships, on top of the 100 we already get, I just think that's better business. I, I, I just think that that, you know, has a far uh, lower risk profile than dealing with the big guys because, you know, the big guys, you're just a number and, and you know, they've got professional teams that procure and, and you know, put, put you through, you know, a lot of stuff that I just don't think as a growing business is, is always healthy, you know, and I... I think if 
you know, if the mandate is growth and if the mandate is sticking, you know, true to your values, if, you know, if relationships are, are one of the key drivers for, for growth, and they certainly have been for us, then, um, then I just find far more value in talking to those guys. I just think, you know, that's good business. You know, that, that regional, that local, that, you know, um, it's, almost, it's almost there's a level of emotion about that business. You know, I always say, like, pe- ultimately people want to work with people, work with, deal with, uh, buy things from. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, this, is a, this is ubiquitous. Like, people want to deal with people they like. You know, they're the kind of relationships we, you know, we, we, um, we, you know, we try and attain because, you know, they're they're sticky relationships. They're great customers. They, you know, they sing the, they 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 sing from the FX in book. Um, you know, I, I, I I'm all in on SMA. I think I think it's- I love it. I love it. Okay, so so relationships is a big component, right? And and and, and it's very obvious that that has has played a major component in the success of, of, of FX. Are there any other factors that when you think back, you think they were fundamental to where FX is today? Yeah, I, I do. I think it's about two things. I, I, I do think it's about making sure you understand who externally is important to you. So they're, for us, they're our clients. So, so that's, that's, that's really, um, that's really important, but but the other thing, and, and the thing that people overlook all the time, and and back to my point of relationships, is like you got to have good people. You know, you just you just get to a point where you 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 cannot do things on your own, and you, you'll be defined by your ability to get people on your page internally. And the bigger you get, the harder that gets. You know that that is a that is a monumental struggle at times. You know, I I often characterise our business as like. You know, we're like a we're like a seven four seven plane flying at thirty eight thousand feet, and we've got guys out on the wings trying to bolt them on at the same time. You know, we're yeah. we're always yeah, we're always you know we're always trying to get to that that next level of altitude. But the challenge is is like you know everyone moves at different speeds. Everyone's got a different why. Some people come to work for money. Some people come to work because they love who they work with. Some people come to work because they believe in the story. They believe in the, they, you know, they want to take over the world. Some people, you know, everyone's got a different why. And I think the bigger you get, the harder that gets. And I think the better we and, and you know, for the listeners, everyone gets, a, you know, getting good, you know, attracting good people, keeping good people, um, incentivizing good people, but also, I guess the backbone to that is just making sure that those people actually understand the purpose of the business. And the purpose goes beyond money, right? Like, yeah, we're here to, you know, we're we're obviously not, you know, not a not-for-profit business, and we're aspirational. But you know, I think it's about attracting, retaining good people, and actually aligning them to the purpose and the why. And I know that's sort of, that sounds like a Simon Sinek book, um, but it's really true. You know, it's like, if, if you can do that successfully, then, then, then I think you've got a, you've got a level of, you've got a, you've got a group of people internally that all want to come to work and equally want to work together. And then those people there understand that, you know, the major focus is growth and the major focus is, is customers. So 
I think for us, that's that's been it. But as I've sort of alluded to, it's it's. <laughs> let me let me ask a question on that, right? Let me let me let me ask another question on hiring. How did you how do you approach hiring now, or you know, or how are you approaching hiring when you got to a point that you didn't know your friends anymore? Like you were, you've grown out of your, you know, Hey, I know James, James can do this. And I know Bob and Bob can do this and you guys come. So what, what were you doing in order to get and, and identify good talent when we, you, when you went beyond that level and you couldn't, couldn't get friends anymore, were you, you know, there were there tactics and tricks that you, you kind of, develop over time to find good talent? Yeah, it's funny. We, we have a bit of an internal, internal joke that um, you know, when we started, the business was, and I, I don't mean this in the, you know, in the true sense of the, the word, but like we, you know, there was a part of the business when we started that felt a bit like that, that show um, Entourage. You know, like we just kept sort of recruiting our, our friends and, uh, you know, without all the external stuff. But, you know, we early days, we, we, we kind of had a, had, a, had a core group of people that, you know, we all had fabric outside of work and that helped galvanise us as a team. And then as we grew, you know, as you rightly say, you know, the way that you go about attracting, retaining changes, I probably haven't gone away from being really focused on attitude. Like my, one of my things is like, like definitely hire attitude because you can teach skill. You know, don't hire a guy or a girl that's like, got a terrible attitude but has a great skill set because that's not going to work but if you've got a guy or a girl who's got the world's greatest attitude that just loves coming to work believes in the place believes in you has an unbelievable sense of what's most important in relation to keeping people customers happy you can teach skill like you know we've we've all we've got enough people in the business or in any business that uh smart enough or, you know, have that vocation that they can actually teach and train. Attitude's hard. You know, you've got to get people with the right, with, 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 with the right grounding and the right, you know, ethic around, around attitude. I, I mean, one of the things that sort of, you know, again, as you grow, you know, we, funny sort of story, we did some, we had a leadership catch-up about a month ago and part of that leadership catch-up was we did some sort of personality testing, you know, some sort of, some work around it's just everyone's uh, everyone's personality yeah yeah how did that how did yeah. that turn out oh look it was i guess everyone was spot on but i guess this is the interesting thing was out of a leadership team of roughly 10 there's four quadrants so you've got top left top right bottom left bottom right and i guess where i was on the, quad- the quadrant was like like in the middle of the top right and so and so what I, and this was an eye opener for me and something that i'd never reflected on but you know, 85, 90% of the leadership team were all in the top right quadrant. And there was actually no one in the leadership team who was directly opposite me. But I guess what that tells you is like instinctively, no matter how, you know, no matter how kind of deep you want to go with hiring and all that stuff, like we hire people we like, you know, and, and you know, I, I guess there's probably going to be management consultants out there that say, no, no, don't hire people you like, you know, that's not good. but Tell you what, you know, from a cultural perspective, providing, you know, people have got an understanding of, you know, we call it play your role. Like, you know, people have got to come and play their role, understand what doing a good job looks like. 
you should definitely work with people you like. You know, I think that is like we all spend a lot of time at work, you know, and sure you do, I, you know, like that's like all I do, you know. So if you're going to spend a lot of time at work, you may as well spend a lot of time at work with people you actually get on with. So, um, Amen. look, it's certainly, it, it's, you know, it's certainly changed from the early days when, you know, you you take people down the pub and, and have a couple of, have a couple of drinks and, and work out whether they're the right person or the wrong person. You know, we're certainly we're certainly grown up from from, from that stage. Um, even though at times I look back and think, you know, that it was some of the the best hires I've ever made was um, you know over over a couple of beers. But but certainly now, yeah, I mean, we have a you know a legal team and a HR team, and they do a great job. And I guess the lens that I try and run over, you know, new hires with 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 the leaders is just you know. Whatever you do, just make sure like you're hiring for attitude because uh, it's hard to unwind. You know, get great attitude, you get great outcomes. Got it, got it. Nick, I also want to touch on some of the mistakes you've made over over the past seven eight years. Yeah, let's of- talk about let's <laughs> Which talk one? about let's let's talk about top three. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about the top top uh, three. Like, what is the first growing FX? What is the uh, what is the first mistake that you can think of that 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 you went through um like the problem is and this is this is truthful the problem is like and i say this to people daily like i feel like i make multiple mistakes every day like we we all do like and i think it's you know has has there been any you know i'm just trying to reflect on monumental mistakes i don't i don't think i don't i don't think i've ever made a monumental mistake but i'll tell you what i make 50 daily and you know it's a constant learning curve and i think one of my biggest you know it's probably one of my biggest strengths but it's also one of my biggest weaknesses is you know there's a bit of an in in joke at work like that i you know i fall in love with people you know and and when when they when 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 we talk about that it's like i you know i find it at and it probably was a lot more prevalent in the early stage of the stages of the business than now you know i guess my my styles had to had to change as as we've grown up as a as a business but um but certainly early days i guess one of the things that you know we that i certainly did and 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 i know that a lot of young entrepreneurs do is you know you have such belief in in the story and you have such conviction about where you're going and what you want to achieve that you know when people quickly jump on that boat and promise you that they're happy to take an oar and help row you know sometimes you can be too easily trusting you know and, and i think and i think that comes from a good place and and the problem is you know you get burnt a few times and and you sort of you sort of shut down that piece of your personality but i think one of the things is that you know that 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 empathy and that willingness to try things is also the reason you're successful so it's just really about trying to find that that balance. And I reckon if you were to say, you know, top three, well, you know, top one uh, for various people and various reasons, but, you know, one, two, and three would be people that are hired that, you know, in hindsight probably wasn't the right fit or, you know, probably, probably you know, I was probably solving for things that didn't need to be solved for. So I, I, I think it's, I think, again, it's, yes, they're mistakes, but, you know, wow! Like I, I think I've learned a lot, a lot from them. You know, I certainly take, I, I take. You know, there's that saying, um, "High, slow, fire quick," and that's a very ruthless kind of saying. But, but I guess it just goes back to my personality is like 
I'm 400 miles an hour. And if you're, if you're all in with me, like I'm all in with you, like I'll lay down on pitch street and traffic for you. But the problem is conversely is that, you know, this is my business and I care deeply about it. I can't always get people to care as much about it as I do. And you get to a point where you're okay with that. <laughs> but for the first three or four years, you're not okay with that because, you know, I love, I love that saying people say, um, oh, you know, it's, it's business, it's not personal. I'm like, are you serious? It's all personal. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Get out of the room. So, you, you, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you know, it's, it, the problem is, it's an, you know, growing something is, you know, and I don't, uh, I don't say this lightly, but, you know, it, it kind of is like, you know, uh, and I don't, don't have children, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, having a child, you know, and, and when it's little, it needs a lot of attention. It needs a lot of love. Uh, you want to get the right people around it. You know, you want to, you know, you want to make sure that it's, you know, it's got direction and it's got, you know, a pathway, you know, and and I guess as the bigger the child gets, the less and less the child needs of you as a parent. Got it. And and, yep. and likewise with with the business, you know, it's it's kind of hard to to let go, but but equally, um, you get to a point where the business the business can't grow if you keep you know if you keep wanting to put it in a stroller. So it's like got it, got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Okay, all right, Nick. Towards the end, uh, now uh, I want I want to ask you a couple a couple of rapid rapid questions. Okay, and uh, and and it's a it's it's a few of them. And I want to, I want to see, uh, definitely love to hear what, what you have to say about these. So the first question that I want to ask you is what is one resource? It could be a book. It could be a blog, podcast, talk, whatever it is that fundamentally changed the way you, you work or live. Simon Sinek, uh, start with why. Uh, I just think, yeah, it speaks for itself. I mean, it gets to the core of 95% of the reason that we're, you know, we, we do things. Got it. Got it. Love it. All right. If you could, if you could give one advice to, you know, people who are starting something, people who might be in the early years of, of, of business entrepreneurs, what would that one advice be? Don't think too much. I think, I think, you know, I, I think if we, I think we, we talked offline, I was like, you know, if you were to sit down and do a, a proper risk assessment on, on everything, you know, every business that's ever started, you may as well, go down and work at Kmart, you know, like you would, there's no way you'd start a business, you know, it's like, it's too hard, way too hard. So, so I think, you know, I think, think less, do more, all in, you know, don't, don't leave any cards on the table. Okay. All right. What are, last question that I have is what are some of the influencers that you follow in the entrepreneurship, the, you know, sales and marketing space? What, what are some of the names that come to mind? We, um, He's in a different industry than, than us, but, but um, you know, we, we had a sales conference a couple of years ago and, and I've always been impressed by a guy called Tom Panos and Tom's in the real estate space and he's, a, he's an auctioneer, he's a sales trainer and, um, you know, Tom is, has just got an incredible, incredible, and I, I mean, when I say incredible, like, you know, he, he's, the, he's the best that I've seen by you know, the length of the Flemington Strait. You know, he he's amazing in his ability to articulate and cut through the rubbish that we all, you know, we all have. Um, so definitely everyone should check out. He came to a sales conference of ours a couple of years ago and, you know, he spoke about adversity and, he's, you know, he's been through 
through, through through cancer and been through a lot. And so definitely check out Tom Panos. And look, I think the other guy who's who's great because he's quite earthy is um, is Mark Boris, who's who's who who started um, who started with the Wizard Online. Yeah. So Mark, um, yeah, he does some stuff obviously as well, and he's uh, you know he's he, he he's an incredibly you know, earthy guy, and uh, he he gets it. You know, he cuts through and and really focuses on what's most important. So, I mean, they're two for me that I kind of, I kind of take n- notice of out in out in the um love it out in the uh, Twitter sphere or the you know the Instagram or wherever you are. Love it, love it, Nick. This is this has been great. This has been a great conversation. There's been a lot of golden nuggets that you've dropped throughout the conversation. I, I really appreciate it. Before we wrap up. Is there anything that you know you think we, we should we should touch on we should cover that I didn't ask that uh, that you think it, it has value to to the listeners? Not particularly. I mean, I, I I just encourage people to dream big. You know, like, um, and this is another like this is <laughs> this is another saying that I kind of have. I'm like, like I think like one day we're all going to be in a pine box, right? Like like one day the lights go out. So we've just all got to make the most of the time we have because. You know, and whether that's, you know, you want to be the best this or the best that, or you want to try something, go and start something, go and, you know, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to stick your neck out because, you know, what, I guess you don't want to be 80 or 90 years old and thinking back and, 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 you know, you'll always regret the things that you didn't do. You won't regret the things that you did. So that's my pine box theory. I always talk about, you know, hey, one day we're going to meet a pine box, you know, have a crack. There's not, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with failing, and you you know there's multiple stories out there about you know Walt Disney and all these people who have just failed and failed and failed and failed, and then they they make it because they're just relentless. So I just um, I just encourage everyone to just to just you know have a crack, baby. That's have a it. crack. Don't leave things on the table. Absolutely. I appreciate it, Nick. Thanks so much for joining. I loved it. We'll uh, chat to you later. Great to chat. Cheers. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving us that five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and sharing the pod with a friend. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please make sure to join the community Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks again for all the support. We're looking forward to seeing you again in the next one.